Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Tonight, um, I want to talk about the power of your words. And I told Pastor after he got done preaching Sunday morning, I walked in the office and I said, well, thank you for preaching my message. Um, and uh, because he, he brought out about your words in your mouth and what you say. And he said, well, maybe you can, uh, maybe you can uh, do a better job of it. And I said, well, I'll go home and rewrite it, okay? But anyway, I want to talk about the power that we have in our words. And, you know, think, let's just think about the power that some people have in their words. All of us have power in our words. Think of the President of the United States. Now, I don't know if you're Republican, if you're Democrat, but the power that he has in his words. His words have power. If you don't believe it, ask Mexico and Canada and China. Okay? Because their economy right now is flip-flopping because of what we have to say. You know? Um, if you don't think, uh, you know, and what? That affects all of us. You know, his words affect all of us. Uh, the chairman of the Federal Reserve. His words affect all of us. When you say rates are going up, that affects all of us. It affects everything we do. Your boss, if you work, your boss, his words affect you. You may say, well, his, I don't pay any attention to him. Well, you do when he says, hey, you know, you've done a good job this year. We're going to give you a raise. Or, hey, um, you know, you're falling behind. You're not getting a raise this year. Our words affect our words affect. I have a, I have a friend, good, good friend, that used to go to the other church I went to, and his name, I won't tell you his name, but because uh, some of you may know him, but uh, he worked for a company. He'd been there about two or three years, and uh, they were sitting around, the, and they were sitting around the table, and, uh, and everybody at the table was getting a raise except him. And he sat there, and you know, there's about 10 of them there, and uh, um, and he brought it up. He said, you know, I'm the only one not getting a raise. Well, he kind of put his boss on the spot. And he said, Jim, I'll just use that name. He said, Jim, uh, your work hasn't been up to, up to snuff. It hasn't been there yet. But you work on it. And you'll... He said, either I get a raise today or I quit. So he said, go clean out your desk. So about halfway home, Jim realized what he said. But it was too late. It was, he lost his job. He went back and he said, no, you quit. You're done. So, you know, our words have an effect. Every one of us have an effect on and what comes out of our mouth. So tonight we're going to take a look at your words and the power of them and what God says about them. So let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you tonight for your word. Your word has a lot to say about our speech and our mouth, our words and how important they are. So Lord, tonight we just pray that, uh, that your words, not our words, but your words would speak to us. We ask it in your name. Amen. So if you turn to Proverbs, or if you look, that's the old days we used to turn. We don't do that anymore, okay? Uh, we don't bring our Bibles to church anymore because everything's on the screen. In the old days, you had to bring your Bible to church. And actually, I like that better, to be honest with you, because that's how I learned about the Bible. But um, Proverbs 18, 20 to 21. From the, fruit of your, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who l love it will eat its fruit. It says here that our mouth, our mouth has the, our tongue actually, has the power of life and death. The words from our mouth can actually affect the quality of our life. The words from our mouth affect the quality of our life. And let me, let me explain that a little bit. Good words affect our life 
It's a good life. It's a peaceful life. It's a joyful life. It's a loving life. Good words affect us that way. Bad words also affect us. Bad words also affect us. It gives us unrest. It gives us strife. It gives us chaos. It gives us problems. So the words affect us. You know, just not at work, but affects us a lot of times at home. Husbands and wives, children, it affects us with relatives, with family. Our words affect us. It affects us in sports, if you, if you play sports. I'll never forget. It was one of the dumb things I, I did in life. You ever, you ever do dumb things? You look back out and say, why in the world? You know, I was playing baseball. And I was a pretty good ball player. It was my sophomore year in high school. And I, I, uh, a couple guys were on base, and I took a third called strike that was so far out that I couldn't, I couldn't hit it with a broom. And I turned around and said a few choice words to the umpire. I didn't swear. I wanted to. I didn't swear. But I said something to effect that I wish you had glasses or something to that effect. And I got tossed out of the game. I got thrown out. I deserved it. The players on my team were mad. The coach was mad. I turned around and my dad was already gone. He never missed a game. My dad was already gone. When I got home that night, I'll never forget that either. I walked in and, dad, you know, dad is sitting at the table. When you walk in, you know, you're, you're ready for a lecture. I walked in and he said, you embarrass me tonight. I said, yeah, I guess I did. He said, no guessing. You embarrass me tonight. You better remember, you represent our family. I'll never forget that. You know, our words have a big impact. It just didn't have an impact on my team because the guy who took my place struck out twice. It just didn't have an impact on our team. It didn't have just an impact on my life, but it had an impact on my family because I opened my big mouth. And it just so happens, I knew I had, re- I knew I, if I ever faced that umpire again, I knew I'd have to apologize. And when you know it, the next stinking game, there he was. Huh? The next game, and he's not at first base or third base. He's behind the plate again. And I walked up and I apologized. And he took it. But the damage was already done. You see what I'm saying? Our words have an effect. I was a boss at Chrysler for a long while. And this is the last I'm going to say about me. But I was a boss at Chrysler for a while. You know, I talked about maybe your boss, you know. My words had an effect on some of my employees. Probably down through the years, I was there for 36 years. I was in management for 31 of them. Probably down through the years, I probably had a few thousands work for me. I don't know. At one time, we had 5,000 there at the plant. And my, my words had an effect sometime on their work. Not sometime, a lot of times. I remember telling one guy one day, I called him in, and he, uh, uh, he wasn't one of my better workers. And I called him in, and I sat him down. I said, um, Ron, I said, uh, you know, we run production, and you're slowing everybody down. And it was one of these, well, I don't care a bit. And I said, Ron, on your way home tonight, do you pass any McDonald's? Yeah, yeah, I do. I said, well, stop and get an application. He understood what I meant. Okay? Our words had an effect. You know, Ron turned out to be a pretty good worker. But sometimes our words can have a positive effect and, and a negative effect. It had a negative playing ball, but it had a positive with that one. Proverbs 18.21 says, Your tongue has the power to produce life in your relationships or death. Our tongue has the power to produce life and death in our relationships. It doesn't matter if it's marriage, if it's family, if it's friends. 
It has the power to produce life and death. I didn't say it. The Word says it. The Word says it. You know, Proverbs, let's go back to verse 20 for a minute. Proverbs 20 says, Every word that comes out of your mouth, every word, every word that comes out of your mouth are seeds. They're seeds. They're seeds that are planted. That's what it means here, that our stomach's filled. They're seeds that are planted. And those seeds that are planted will harvest. They will harvest. And they will fill, and so what it says here, they will fill our stomachs. Those seeds are planted in our soul. They're planted in our relationships. They're planted in the soul of our relationships. They're planted in our heart. They're planted in our mind. You know, and if I asked you tonight, you can probably remember things that were said to you 45, 50 years ago that are still planted there. I can. Some of them were good, but isn't it amazing we, we remember the bad things that were planted? So we have to watch. We have to watch what we say. Some of those things, some of those seeds that were planted still hurt, don't they, when they're brought up. You know, you, oh, you don't think of them all the time, but sometimes something you see on TV or something you're reading or something somebody's talking about, and all of a sudden that pops up. And, wow, there's a hurt. You know, I had a friend back 35, 40 years ago, and it was a lady friend, but she liked to tell me that everything that was said bad about me, she'd let me know. What a great friend, you know? But everything that these people said bad about me, she let me know, just so, just so I knew how bad it could hurt. You know, sometimes we're like that. Sometimes we're like that. Sometimes we want to know, hey, we don't want to hurt by ourselves, so we want other people to hurt too. Um, she's no longer a friend, but, uh, but those things happen. Those kind of words... They burn deep inside, and they take root. They take root, and they grow. You know, seeds grow, don't they? That's why we plant seeds, because they grow. And it says here that our words are like seeds. They take root, and they produce fruit, or they harvest. And sometimes they harvest the hurtful things. It can produce unforgiveness. It can produce, and what's the word say? It can produce even life or death. That's what it says. Let me give you an example maybe of something that may hurt. Maybe you were told, maybe when you were young, or maybe high school, you know, kids can be cruel, can't they? We can be cruel to each other. Maybe you were told, you know, you're not very smart. Or maybe even they said, you know, you're stupid. And all of a sudden, sometimes you think, well, maybe I'm not very smart. Maybe I am kind of stupid. But those things get buried, and they start growing. You know, maybe you were told that you'll never amount to anything. And those things can be barriers. Those things can be barriers that will hinder you all your life sometime. Because you sit there and you think, well, maybe they're right. Maybe I won't amount to anything. My father-in-law, and I love him dear, I, I, well, he's passed now, but I, I, well, I can't say I loved him dearly. <laughs> I'd like to say that. But I loved them. But Norma was the oldest, and she was the only girl, and she had five brothers. And he didn't care a whole lot for me. Um, he told Norma, if you marry him, 
You'll never have anything. You'll never have a thing. Because all he cares about is sports. Well, he was partly right. But you know, I remember hearing that because Norman told me. And I thought, I'll work as hard as I can to prove that guy wrong. <laughs> you know? And I did. I did. I wasn't the brightest kid in class. I wasn't in the top 10. Norma was. I wasn't in the top 10. I might have been in the bottom 10. You know? But I worked. You know? But those things hurt. And we remember. And I had a hard time for a while. I'll be honest with you. I had a hard time for a while loving that guy. Now, I never said it to my face, you know. And afterwards, you know, I mean, there was times where he would kind of praise me for, you know, being a boss, being a general foreman, area manager, you know. Even, I'm trying to think, even going into ministry, you know. I've only been doing this for about 18 years. But, um, but words hurt, and things were said sometime. Sometimes they bother us. They affect us. They affect us. From the fruit of your mouth, a person's stomach is filled. And with a harvest, every word that comes out of our mouth are seeds and are planted. Let's go on to the next one. Your marriage will never be better than your word. Your marriage will never be better than your words. Do I need to explain that? Good marriages are full of good words. Good marriages are full of good words. Words of kindness, words of praise, words of love, words to build up, not tear down. Words of encouragement. That's, that's, that, that's, that's, what marriage, that's what good marriages are made out of. That's what good marriages are made out of. And it takes work. I'll be honest with you. You know, I've been married 54 years. The last 48 been great. But I had to change the whole way I thought and the whole way I talked. And sometimes we need to do that. We need to do that. Every bad marriage is full of bad words, of mean words. Anger, sarcasm, lies, words that tear down, and words that kill. I know of marriages today that are dead. They just haven't buried each other. You know what I'm saying? They're dead. They just haven't buried each other. I know they live together, but that's all. You know, God wants us to have good marriages. God wants us to have good families. And it comes out of good words. And good words come out of what? A good heart. My heart had to change. Back when I was 24, my heart had to change before my words changed. Do you know what I'm saying? I thought I was a great husband until my wife told me I wasn't. I thought I was doing everything good until she told me she was leaving. You know, I'm just giving you some examples. And I remember telling God, after I got right with him, Lord, you teach me because I don't know what to do. You know, we have the best teacher in the world, and that's Jesus Christ. We have the best teacher in the world, and we have the best book in the world to learn from, and that's the Word of God. If you want to learn how to talk, get into the Word. If you want to learn how to communicate, get into the Word. You know, marriage is built on communication. Oh, yeah, I know. Everybody says that marriage is built on sex. But marriage is built on communication. And it's how we communicate that determines how we're going to live. It's how we communicate. I was talking to somebody not long ago. They were in my office. And I said, how do you guys communicate? We don't. I said, what do you mean? She goes her way, and I go my way. Well, how do you, when do you, what do you talk? 
We don't. That's not a good relationship. That's not a good relationship. And I heard not long ago, things are starting to change. But see, in order to change, we always want the other person to change. Don't we? I remember telling back in those days, Lord, change Norma. Norma didn't want to change. And she'd say, change Rick. Rick didn't want to change. And you know, that don't work. That doesn't work. It doesn't. <laughs> and when I, I realized it almost too late, and so did she. We were two weeks from divorce when we realized it. God is good, isn't he? But you know, the same thing in our home. Let's talk about children for a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself, I think. Let me get back. Yeah, let's talk about family. Family. How do we communicate with our kids? Now, my kids are all grown. I got three daughters. I was blessed. I keep telling myself that. I was blessed. I was blessed. I was blessed. I was blessed. No, really. I have three daughters. And I must have communicated them pretty good because they all want to communicate with me all the time. And Norma. Okay? But you know what? There's words that just wasn't said in our home. Stupid. Dumb. But do we encourage them? I still encourage my girls today. You can do it. Try it. Don't be afraid. Step out. You know, I wanted a boy so he'd be a baseball, football, basketball player. My girls cared less about sports. Karen was in a band. That was about as close as we got to sports. But, you know, how we talk to them. Sometime, you know, and I'll be honest, you know, my kids weren't angels. No, 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 no. They, they went their own way for a little while. I remember sitting down and telling Norma, are you sure those are our kids? Have you ever said that? Are you sure there are girls? That is definitely not the way, Norma, that you trained them. Blame it on her. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. And it's just not marriage or our kids, but also our friends. How we communicate with our friends. You know, We have the power with our tongue to create our own world. Do we create our own world? We create the world we live in with our family, with our kids, with our friends, with our church. We create it. We create it. It's how, you know, it, with our friends, if we're always complaining all the time, and then we think, gee, why, why don't they want to be with me? You know what I'm saying? Or maybe, maybe you can't hold a confidence. I'm just talking about it. Those are words. You know, I'm not supposed to tell you, but, see, out of the tongue. That tongue can get us in more trouble. Can it? I was told this in confidence, but let me share it with just you. I'm trying to think of a... I, 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 okay, I won't use any names. But I know somebody in a church. Okay, in a, it's not this church, in a big church. And a guy walked up to him and said, hey, congratulations, I hear you got that job. Well, this other friend was standing next to him. This guy didn't know anything about the job. He, he said, no, I didn't get it. Oh, oh, I must have been mistaken. Well, this other person heard it, and she told all of her friends that, guess what? This guy's got this big job. Well, the guy that has that big job heard it. 
So he calls this guy and says, hey, I hear you telling everybody you got my job. He's not going to be on the spot. Huh? Why? Because somebody couldn't be quiet. In fact, this guy even turned around and said, you didn't hear that. Oh, no, I didn't hear it. They used to be friends. <laughs> they still are, but you know what I'm saying? Words, words. The way we speak, the way we speak to friends, we create the kind of friends we want. One of the greatest places to have friends is in small groups. It really is. Because small groups, we have a, we have a saying, what? What is told in small groups, stay in small groups. But you know what? It takes, it takes some time, a year or longer, before people will start sharing in small groups because they want to make sure they can trust small groups. Am I right? Trust is hard to build, easy to break. Trust, I'll say that again. Trust is hard to build, build, easy to break. Only takes one time. I know. I'm over all the small groups. And I'll have people come to me once in a while and say, you know, I said that, and it got back to me. And I have to apologize, and then I, I get to go straighten the mess up. So, again, we create, we create the kind of friends that we want. Either positive or negative, we create. Keep in confidence. Let me ask you a question. Is your friend's words safe with you? They better be. They better be. It's our tongues that get us in trouble. Okay, let's go on. I, I've labored that one enough. Words can kill. Words can kill. You know, I really think people don't realize, maybe they don't understand the consequences of what they speak. I don't think they understand the consequences of what they speak. And that might be one of my points, is it? People really don't understand the consequences of what they speak. They don't understand that the words that come out of their mouth can cause problems and realize the potential harm they can cause. Realize the potential harm they can cause. Let me read with you, um, if we bring it up, Matthew, Matthew 12, 33 to 37. In Matthew 23 to 37, Jesus calls, Jesus calls our hearts trees. Make a good tree and its fruits will be good. He said, he's calling our hearts. If our heart is good, our fruit, our words will be good. If our heart is good, our words will be good. You know, if our heart is bad, it's going to produce what? Bad fruit. Bad fruit. You know, mean words, you know, mean words, we can say mean words, can't we? Indicates unforgiveness, indicates um, bitterness, vulgar, cursing, swearing and cursing, means your heart needs a cleaning, means there's something wrong with your heart. Good words, good words, Come from a good heart. When, when our hearts are where they should be with God, that's a good point, isn't it? When our hearts are where they should be with Jesus, good words flow. Good words flow. And they should flow. You know, I was at a restaurant not long ago with somebody, and our waitress just looked like she was having a bad day. And, uh, I said something along that. I said, everything good today? No. Well, that's the last thing, you know. I was hoping she'd say, yeah. 
And I said, well, I'll pray for you. And she looked at me startled. She looked at me startled. You know what she said? Thank you. I need that. I need that. That was about three weeks ago. I was back in that restaurant. I'm trying to think what day. One day last week. And we didn't have her as a waitress. We had somebody else. But she came over to our table and said, thank you for praying for me. Things straightened out. Words mean a lot. Words mean a lot. A couple years ago, and I think I told you guys this, but a couple years ago, I was down here at Kroger's. This one right down here. I was buying something for the church. I was going through, and this lady behind the, this young gal, lady behind the checkout, I mean, she looked, she looked like she was about ready to cry any minute. I said, huh, what's wrong? And she looked at me, and she said, my mom got cancer, and she's dying. And everything stopped. People behind me didn't say a word. Everything stopped and I got quiet. I said, well, hon, let me pray with you. I said, I'm a pastor. Do you mind if I pray? Right there, right in Kroger's, in a line, I prayed for her. You know? And uh, I don't know, maybe four or five weeks later, a month later, she said, hey, you know what? Just let you know my mom's doing better. She still has cancer, but thank you. I needed that that night. Good words. Now, I could have said, Hey, I, and I was, I was busy. I had to hurry up and get back here. And I could have said to the Lord, I'm too busy. I'll pray for her. You know, I, I'm glad your mom's got cancer. I'll pray for you. But no, we stopped. See, those are what I'm talking about. Good words. Do I always do that? Oh, I wish I did. I wish I could tell you how many times that I let things like that just pass me by. And I'm driving down the road and I think, wow, I should have said something. You know? Don't we? Yeah. But taking the opportunity... Taking the opportunity. When you say something, sometime in marriage or sometime to somebody else, and then you say, I really didn't mean that. Have you ever said that? Come on, all of us, huh? You say something, you say, well, I really didn't mean that. Don't lie. Yes, you did. I didn't mean for you to take it that way. Yeah. Because, you know, we do, don't we? You know why? Because out of what? The heart, the mouth speaks. We meant it because that's what's in here. Maybe we're stupid for saying it. Not stupid. Wait, pastor don't like that word. Maybe, dumb, that's not a good word either. Maybe it wasn't the proper time to say it and we should have bit our tongue and been quiet. But we do that, don't we? Because it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're having trouble controlling your mouth, if this is right, then check the abundance that's in the heart. Let me say that again. I'm speaking to me, okay? I was up till 2 o'clock in the morning the night I was working on this because I couldn't sleep. I had to do a little bit of praying, a little bit of, Lord, I'm not sure I'm there. None of us are there. None of us have. Made it. Maybe, no, not even pastor, okay? I'll say that. He's good, but he's not that good. Oh, don't cross that out in case you're taping this. Um, But you know what I'm saying? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Words show up sometimes when there's wrong things in our hearts. Matthew 1236 is rather a disturbing verse. I think it is. It says that we will give an account for every idle word that we speak. We will give an account for every idle word that we speak. Is that what it says? Yep. For every idle word that we speak. Wow, think about that for a minute. How many idle words? What's idle word mean? Well, let me give you, let me give you what the dictionary says. Let me find it here. 
Uh, it means uh, inappropriate. It means uh, without worth, insignificant, absent of value, not normal. Most of us would probably call that slang in today's society. But some of us, it's our conversation. We're going to give a... Now, let me give you the good news. Let me give you good news. No doubt, none of us are innocent of using some of those words. Am I right? The good news is the blood of Jesus covers them all. The blood of Jesus, it's an eraser. Sometimes, don't you wish when you said something, you'd like to grab it back and just erase it? Well, Jesus, the blood of Jesus is that eraser. And he forgives us. Oh, thank God for forgiveness. All of us are here today of Jesus and forgiveness. How many times, I remember, I remember making a statement. I was saved, I was just backslidden. How backslidden I was, I remember saying, I will never walk the altar of a church again. Never. Back then, when you got to get, back in the old days, you came forward, you knelt in an altar, somebody came and prayed with you. That's the last thing I wanted. Well, you know, you know God has a sense of humor. I got saved in a small group. I didn't walk the altar. I got saved, and back then they called them sharing groups. I came back to the Lord in that. But every idle word, and I think those were idle words. Those were stupid words, but they were idle words. They're under the blood, thank God. The words that I told the pastor that came to knock on my door, don't ever come over here again, and don't ever bother me. I don't ever want to see you again. Now, isn't that kind to say to a pastor? You talk about idle words? You talk about a lot of forgiveness? I had a, I didn't have pages. I had a book. But God forgive it. And you know what? Sometimes we still say idle words, don't we? That's why we need to go back and ask forgiveness. I said something stupid the other day to Norma. And she looked at me, and I said that. I didn't mean it the way it sounded. She, yeah, you did. <laughs> I did, yeah, but... <laughs> but I... First, I had to ask God forgiveness, and then I had to ask her forgiveness. Thank God that we can confess them. Every word we speak has a consequence. It does. Every word has a consequence. The words I'm talking tonight has a consequence. You know, I'm just not talking to you. I'm talking to me. Either it produces life, joy, gladness, peace, or it produces death. Produces death. You know, let me, let me give you an idea. And most of you know that Norm and I do a lot of counseling. We do a lot of marriage counseling. In fact, probably most of it in church. But I've never had a couple come in and sit down with me and said, boy, we really had a fight last night. We had a fight last night, and she called me every name in the book. She told me everything that was wrong with me, everything I've done wrong. In fact, she even threatened to divorce me. But you know, it really helped. I've never had a person say, no, it really helped. I've had them say this, but I've never had them say, it really helped. I understand now. No, those things never help. They kill. They kill. So watch what you, watch what you, I was going to say pick fights, but don't pick a fight. Watch what you say. I'd like sometime to somebody come in and say, yeah, it really helped. Those things never produce. Never produce. Galatians 6, 7. Another one that's a tough one. We reap what we sow. We reap what we sow. Have you ever said, boy, 
I wish you wouldn't be so negative. Have you ever said that to somebody? We reap what we sow. If we sow negatively, that's what we're going to get back. Watch how I say this. You know, I wake up early in the morning, and usually I'm happy. I'm singing. I'm in the Word. Norma wakes up. And about 10 o'clock when she walks in here to work, I say, hi, how are you? <laughs> you know, there are times, there are times it's better just not to say anything than say the wrong thing. You know what I'm saying? I can ask Norma, how are you today? Oh, if it's when she just woke up, I don't say that. I get her a cup of coffee and I sit down and I be quiet. Why? Because I've learned. It's not that she's grumpy, it's not, but she's not a morning person. Now, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, she may want to start talking. And I'm, are you sleeping? Huh? No, no, I'm listening. So, again, words, pick your time. Pick your time to say. If there's something that you need to say to your husband, to your wife, to a friend, to a daughter or a son or somebody else, to a pastor, you don't say, Pastor, you really blew it when you're walking out the door. You know what I'm saying? So don't say that. Nobody's ever says that to pastor, you know? But you don't, you don't hit your husband coming in when he just had a hard day at work and say, there's something I got to talk to you about right now. Give him time. In the morning, there's, it's not a good time for me to say, Norma, we need to do this right now. It's not a good time. You know what I'm saying? Pick your times. Same thing with your kids. Don't tackle them when they come in from school and say, what do you mean you got an E? Let them relax a little bit and then talk it to them. I heard somebody the other day, the kid came in, he was all disturbed. He said, the teacher told me I, I got an F or something and I'm going to flunk this class. And, and, and the mother put her arm around her son and said, you know what? That teacher just doesn't understand that you're a genius. Isn't that sweet? I thought, that wasn't me. <laughs> you know, but pick your times. And I'm talking about our mouth. See, we control what comes out of our mouth. We control the times. i got to watch myself here. But be smart. God expects us to use our heart, but he also expects us to use our brain. Be smart. In James, in James, he talks a lot about the tongue, about the tongue. He uses three things. He says a ship can be stirred by a little rudder. A horse can be controlled by the bit that's in his mouth. A forest fire can be started with a little spark. And he relates them all to the tongue. Our tongue is a little thing. But it controls the destiny of where our ship is going, where our life is going. That's what James is saying here. Our tongue controls that. He's using the rudder as a... You're using the bit of the horse. You know, when you pull this way, the horse goes this way. You pull this way. Our tongue is like that. Our tongue can start just a little spark. A little spark. That little spark can just be a word that you say to each other. I remember years ago, I was still at the plant, but I was here, and I was, I was the elder here at the church. And somebody said something to me about I was working 12 hours a day, seven days a week. I was an area manager. I had to work it. 
I was out on Sunday nights. And this guy said to me, you can be here on Sunday mornings if you want to. I got mad. I got upset. That spark started a fire in me. No, I couldn't. Chrysler said I had to be there. Somebody has to control those people. Once in a while, I'd get out. It's just a spark. So sometimes that word, and he didn't, I want to say he didn't mean it harmfully. It hurt. It hurt me bad. Our tongues can start a fire. Now, I have to say that after I went home and cooled off for a little while, I, uh, I called him, and we talked about it. And I said, let me, t- let, me, let me talk to you about this. And we talked, and he said, I didn't understand. I said, no, you didn't. And I talked to him about a spark in a fire. This is a quote, and I don't know who, who said it, but I read it, so I'm going to say it to you. Make sure your love equals your truth. Make sure your love, your love equals your truth. In other words, hey, I love you, but let me tell you something. Or I'm telling you this in love. When everybody tells me I'm telling it in love, I kind of bristle up because I'm ready for the knife. So if it's truth, make sure it is in love. You know, let me give you an example. The Holy Spirit speaks to every one of us, doesn't he? And he talks to us. And he tells us things that are in our life, doesn't he? But he does it in love. And we take it, don't we? Sometimes, you ever argue with him? Sometimes, Lord, are you sure that's in my life? And then sometimes you have to point a finger. But that's the kind of love that I'm talking about. Make sure that love is with the truth. And you know, when you go to somebody in love and in truth, it's a lot easier and things go a lot smoother. I had to do that not long ago to somebody here in the congregation. Pastor says, Rick, will you take care of this? I said, thank you. Thank you. And I did. But you know, before I went, I prayed. I read the word. And then I thought, how would I want to be approached by this? Sometimes we want to tackle instead of touch. You know what I'm saying? When I played football in high school, I played tackle. Now, when I played football after high school, it was touch. But a lot of times we got tackled. Okay? Sometimes in our, in our trying to help people out, in our trying to straighten people out, we tackle them instead of touching them and instead of helping them. That's, that, that's the kind of love that he's talking about here. Make sure it equals the truth. Take time to produce good fruit. You know, when we're right with God, and I, I know I'm talking to the choir here, but when we're right with God, you're not going to see results overnight. You plant the fruit. You know, you start, you know, and, you know, you, you start being nice and you start being nice to people. You're not going to see them change overnight. You're not going to see them change overnight. It takes time. You plant it, you plant the good seed, and then you water it. And you water it with more. You water it with more good words. And it takes time. But you got to watch it produce. You got to watch it produce. Let me close with this. It's time. Take care of your heart. Take care of your heart. Because out of your heart, the mouth speaks. If you take care of your heart, you don't have to worry about the mouth. Because out of the abundance, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you tonight for your word. Lord, you talk about
our speech and our tongue and our words a lot through the word. So Lord, tonight we just ask, Jesus, that you would continue. Lord, you would continue to fill our hearts and our minds and our life. Lord, with your love, your peace, and your words. Your words, Heavenly Father, that are rich and that are powerful. Your words, Heavenly Father, that are the word for us. And what's it say? It says to eat it, to take it in, to get nourished. That's how the, that's how the heart is filled with good words, because we eat and drink your word. So, Lord, tonight, help us to devour it. And, Lord, as James says, Lord, help us. In fact, help us, Lord, give us the power to control our tongue. Give us the power, dear Heavenly Father, to be positive instead of negative. Give us, Lord, the love, the love that you showed on the cross as you died for our sins. The love to Heavenly Father that you showed when you erased all those words from our past. Those, that love to Heavenly Father that you showed and that you said that we are one of yours. We are one of your children. So Lord, tonight, help us not to disappoint our Heavenly Father by our words and by our actions. Because, Lord, we represent our Heavenly Father. We represent Jesus Christ. So, Lord, tonight help us to live in that, to live in that, and to walk in that. And Lord, tonight, if there's forgiveness that has to be made, then give us the power, the words, and the time to do it. Lord, forgive us tonight of things we said that we shouldn't have said. And Lord, help us to produce good, good a good crop, a good harvest for Jesus Christ. We ask it in your name. Amen. You're dismissed. God bless you. I hope I wasn't too hard. I try not to be hard.